and welcome back to How Good Is That? Season 2, To the Black, Episode 12, The Message. My name is Dan. J-Rod. Paul. Old Bessie. <laughs> Old Bessie, eh? Old Bessie. That's what you're going with? That is what I'm going with. Proof Locked of alien life. We have proof of alien life, which is actually how the episode opens. That's right. A uh, carnival barker talking about having proof of alien life and Kaylee looking very convinced and Simon being Simon decides to pop her space bubble and tell her it's a mutated cow, not an alien. Then he also tries to like, you know, get weird. I don't... It's another Simon is socially awkward moment. I believe you mean he then fails to pop her space bubble. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. No, it's not. <laughs> Don't encourage that. Don't encourage him. Uh, and, you know, goes on about, uh, what is it? Every, every woman I know is either married, professional, or related to me. Which just, I don't know, is it, is it just me or is the Simon is socially awkward getting a little old at this point? Um, I mean, this, this time feels like probably the most, gen like, it feels kind of genuine in that mm -hmm. he's just trying to, like, make her laugh and have an intimate moment. And he, we've had a lot of him being awkward bits, but this feels like one of the more, like, forgivable he's awkward bits. Yeah. There's times where it's a little bit, a little bit more heavy handed than that. And That's it feels true. a little cringy. This one's. Probably one of the lesser cringy ones, but it is, you know, it's TV, right? We have to have this. Will they, will they be a thing? Yeah. <laughs> will they, won't they? Find right. out. Pay attention. Watch our episodes. Find out. Right. Uh, and so she storms off. And then we see Zoe and Wash. And then uh, Inara wants to help fence the Lassiter, which is one of those things where I'm just like, this seems out of character for her. Like well, she's one of the gang now. I mean, sure, yeah. It just feels like it it feels like a lot of character development in a you know, one episode arc. <laughs> Given the way they do character development normally in this show. Mhm. Mm Which is to say not very much. Right. Um but so then, you know, Mal is typically Mal, and no, no, it's all right. We'll take care of this. You don't need to. You don't need to involve yourself in this this part of the business. We got this. Uh, and then Mal checks in with the uh, the only Jew in space. <laughs> That's in the commentary. <laughs> that he's the the postmaster is apparently the only Jew in space. Uh, if you listen to the commentary I did, that was from Alan Tudyk and uh, Jewel State, so perhaps not the foremost authority on that. Fair, but <laughs> but still. It's true. It's funny. They do claim he is the only Jew in space who gives them some packages and the mail. Yep. Which I find so damn charming that, like, they keep post boxes in space. Yep. Like... It's the future. We have, you know, interstellar communication. We have all of this, but we also need a post box. Uh-huh. Well, it's for things. 
I know. I just it it's just wonderfully quaint. It it's another another thing that makes it feel like a lived in universe, right? That they have this quaint. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like juggling ducks. Uh Jane gets a a cap knitted by his mother. Mm -hmm. She is very proud of and and happy about um despite everyone else's or maybe because of everyone else's approach to it, he is still a very happy camper with his uh his cunning hat. He is. Man wears that hat, people know he's not afraid of nothing. Damn right. <laughs> Uh, and then there is an enormous crate addressed to Mal and Zoe, because why wouldn't there be? And inside of this person, this suspiciously person-shaped and sized crate, is a person. It's a person-sized person. Yeah, it is. Private Tracy, from from their military days. Mm -hmm. You know all that military we were talking about in war stories? Yeah, this was a guy that was with them for that. That's right. Which is just, I, again, I remember the first time I saw this episode being like, wait, what, why? There's a guy. You know, it, it, felt, it felt different from, say, the pilot, where it's like, wait, what? There's a girl in that case. This is like, <laughs> there's a guy in a box. I mean, it's a, it's a little, a little tready, but it still works. Yeah. It's and again, again, we get the, uh, the, I'm not convinced we need it. Bit of ver, a bit of like funny line right before the cut there too. Mm -hmm. What'd you guys order a dead guy for? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you guys order a dead guy for? It it feels it's like a stick. It's funny. It feels like that was a line designed to diffuse a situation that didn't need diffusing. Right. I mean, that's. I mean, I've griped about this now a couple times on the uh, like the cold opens where it's just. Do we need the, to get the little funny line in there? Like, I mean, trash is a great example, right? So mm -hmm. you two know each other. It's like, do we need that? Like, yes, it's not a drama. What exactly is it? Space fun. <laughs> space fun. Of course. Why didn't I look for that in the video store? The space fun genre. The video stockade? Is that next to the space unfun section that contains like 2001 A Space Odyssey? It's not a hardcore action drama or something. We're actually like, just like, then it'd just be the war, not any... Dramedy, I believe. Is the There's comedy in it. Yeah, I know, it's just, do we, do we need the... Like, I mean, right in that yes, moment. Yes, to make it the comedy. Yeah, but what I'm saying is you're diffusing the situation like, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, you're, it doesn't make sense that we already had the comedy. The, the whole rest of the cold Jane's open hat. is the comedy. Jane's hat, yeah. So we don't need it here, is what I'm saying. Well, we get it either way. More comedy is good comedy. Mm, disagree strongly on that one. More funny does not. You want them to just like break down crying right before the the credits? No, I like I like that sense of mystery where it's just like, whoa, what the hell? Like, <laughs> whoa, there's need... a guy in there. Right, like I don't need the whoa, there's a guy in there. Like I want to, I want to have a little sense of mystery, not like oh, got to get that little quip in. You know what I mean? It just feels a little too on the nose to me. And see, to me, that little quip in there feels very much like Joss. Like Joss's actors, Joss's a little too characters. On the nose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Joss's characters quip way too much. 
Oh yeah, Joss. That's I mean that's a that's a weedism thing, right? Like yeah. we have to have that. Everyone Nobody's... is witty. Everyone is quipping. Yeah, it's we're all so clever all the time. It's a yeah. lot of like, uh, like uh, Juno is a good example, right? Like those kind of everybody's so smart. Yep. And witty. Yeah. Like it's kind of like, ugh. All right, sure. Yeah, people are smarter and wittier than they ever are in real life. Right. Which is, you know, I mean, if that's if that's how you write, that's how you write. But it's not necessarily correct. Hey, man, we've tried to ape that style quite a bit, and it's worked for us. I mean, go for it. <laughs> we've tried to be overly witty and clever a bunch. Yeah, yeah, it's true. So, uh, after we credits, we get the Battle of Du Kang. Isn't that guy from Mortal Kombat? I don't know, that's Liu Kang. Uh, where you have Tracy making dinner and getting snuck up on by a guy from the Alliance until Zoe sneaks up behind that guy and cuts his throat and yep. talks to uh, Tracy about stealth. And then we get some good, well-timed, well-written funny of Mal <laughs> running in, screaming and crashing into everything and... You know, punctuating Zoe's thing about stealth in a very Malcolm Reynolds way. Yeah, yeah. It's very classically I Mal. I love when he asked Tracy if he's still alive simply because he wanted to eat his beans. Yeah. <laughs> this is a really nice, like, the fact that Zoe, the fact that Mal does so much to undo everything that Zoe said, where it's just yes. Like, her like coming down on him for eating in, a, in the middle of a war, and then Mal being like, "Damn, you're still alive! I really wanted to eat your food." Is, <laughs> yeah, I really wanted your really, beans. I like that a lot. Yeah, I do like that quite a bit. Do they ever actually identify what rank Zoe carried? No, nor do they. Nor does she seem to have a last name pre her marriage. <laughs> yeah, this is a message for Zoe and Captain Malcolm or Sergeant Malcolm Reynolds. Mm -hmm. Yep, it's just yeah. like and the rest like it's like wait can we have given her a last name yeah <laughs> was that tough well is she it's zoe allen is her last name is that true mm -hmm. i think cool. it, like they do it like either in the or maybe that's her middle name interesting yeah i mean it's just it seems like one of those things that if you're going to write that line that was one of the other things when the message plays that it's just kind of like what I mean, we haven't gotten to the message itself, but yeah, that that bit is very awkward to me. That's just like, why does she not have a last name? Because pretty much in the military, that's how you refer to each other. Yeah. By surname. But it could be, I mean, it could just be, you know, it's space, right? But again, everybody knows Mal's last name. Okay, so, so somewhere, ah, okay, here we go. In a deleted scene from Serenity... A display lists her military name as Corporal Zoe Allen, A-L-L-E-Y-N-E. -E. Huh. Uh, though in the documentary Relating the Firefly, her name was given as Zoe Warren, though that was uh, something that was, like, that was a name that was considered, but it was cut uh, before Serenity came out. Interesting. Yes. So she does actually have a rank and a name. Yeah. She was a corporal, so we have a prior to find. Yeah, he had to work for it. Uh, so, and, and which means if if that didn't come out till a deleted scene in Serenity, that means in the series she had no last name or rank. Right. But so we had Private Tracy, Corporal Zoe, and Sergeant Reynolds. Private dancer. 
The Dancer for Money. But how many episodes? <laughs> All of them? I think it's only the second one. Was that even this podcast, or was that... Uh... No, it was this one. Okay. Oh, it was this one, yeah. Two to- This is the third time, I believe. I think so. We took a couple weeks off. <sighs> Dancer for Money. Um, so, speaking of them, we also get a lieutenant as... Uh, Mal and Zoe and Tracy and the lieutenant, who is not functioning on a normal human level, all get out of there. Yep. And then we get back to Zoe and Mal not really understanding why that why they've received a box with the decently preserved corpse of their uh, former. Yep. Until they get him on the ship and get a message from him. Uh... So please ship my body home to St. Albans. That's right. Which I can't... I can't think of St. Albans without thinking of Abe Froman, the Sausage King of St. Albans. It's impossible. Tina Turner and Inside Jokes. (laughs) Two things we cannot get rid of on this podcast. No. It's time to Tina Turner the clock's back. Yeah, no kidding. Holy cow. Is it the clock's back or the clock's ahead, Paul? Uh, either way. I just, I forget which, which season it is when the Dean comes in as Tina Turner. Uh, so yeah, so he, he explains, um, he explains that he's made some bad deals and met up with some bad people since the war ended, so please ship my body back, and then, uh, closes out with one of my favorite lines, probably from the whole series, when you can't run anymore, you crawl. When you can't do that, well, yeah, you know the rest. It's it's a nice tie together through the whole episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then you know, I mean, the fact that we don't find out the whole saying till towards the very end is a nice piece here. Yep, it works real well. And and I jo- mean, like, Jonathan Woodward's yeah. delivery is really good. It is absolutely. Jonathan Woodward, one of the only small handful of people to have been in all three of the Joss Whedon TV series. Uh, He's good. He's good at being uh, likable and dislikable. Yes. Also, I believe, like like Nathan Fillion, he did not get on to other Joss series until after Firefly. Huh. Because Nathan played it, had an amazing, it was like five or six episodes, he plays a villain in the last season of Buffy and does it really, really well. Which is interesting, because I think it's the only time I can think of him playing a villain in his career. Yeah. Normally he's like the good guy, right? Absolutely, yeah. So, but yeah, Jonathan Wilbur does a really good job. Also, notably this episode, uh, written by Joss and Tim Minear and directed by Tim Minear. There you go. Which I find, Powerhouse. Yeah, which I find interesting because um, I, I think this might have been the only episode he directed. Which I can actually look up because I have the episode guide. That may be... I feel like he directed one other one. I know David Sullivan yes, directed Out of Gas. Yeah, uh, he directed Bushwhacked. Mm, Bushwhacked. Yeah. Bushwhacked. Yeah, so he directed uh, Bushwhacked and then this. And yeah, David Solomon directed Out of Gas. Uh, notable notable for a ton of television credits, um, but also in my world for having directed a bunch of Buffy episodes. Yep. So... Anyway, so then we get uh, Lieutenant 
what the hell is his name? Wo Womack? Oh. Yeah. I hate this dude. I'm and not miserable. again, not for character moments, but just hate this dude. Hate like I everything about the bag like I mean, I feel like I bag on the villains a lot in this in this show. Mm. But man, I hate the ship design that just looks like a jet, like a it current looks like a fighter jet. jet. Yeah, like I hate that. I hate the the cronies that he's with. He's kind of a tool, like just like it feels like the character's on the cusp of being a better character. Where it's like these guys are pretty smart. They're pretty, you know, well developed as far as what their job is and their execution of their job. But it's like the dude's just enough of a like like a D-bag crony that he's not quite like he's you know what I mean? Like he's walking this line. Yeah. Where it's like, man, just like one smart, one like one step further, and he could have been like a really good villain. But to me, it's just, I think ugh. he's a much better villain in Hostile 2 than he is in this episode of Firefly. Oh, he's great in Hostile 2. Yeah, he's like, he, I think I like Hostile 2 better than I like Hostile. Um, um I think they're, I think... Uh, on the line, I think Hostel's better as a whole, but I think that Hostel Two peaks and valleys more. Mm-hmm. Like I think the best moments are from Hostel Two versus Hostel One, but I think also the low points of, of the two come from Hostel Two. Mm. Fair enough. Um, that just because the the Elizabeth Bathory scene in Hostel Two might be the best kill in any horror movie I can think of offhand. I know that is the only scene that can be claimed they have ever worked on where they felt uncomfortable. It's like, it's horrifying. Yeah. And then, I mean, actually the, the not quite kill with this dude and the power saw is pretty good too. Oh yeah. There's again, two is, has got some really significant bits in it for sure. Mm-hmm. We have to wait to a future. Se- I guess they have to wait to a future season of how good is that? For us to rank the hostile films. Well, I mean, it probably I, used to be the Eli Roth movies. Does he have enough movies to do? Um, he six or seven. Directed a short season. Cabin Fever, Hostile, Hostile Two is three. Uh, Green Inferno is four. Knock Knock, which I've never even heard of, and then Death Wish, and he directed the House with the Clock in Its Walls. Yeah, isn't that wild? What the fuck? It's a kids movie. Yeah. I heard it was actually pretty good. Huh. And then, wait, did this Death Wish come out? Oh, wow, it came out yeah, back oh, in March. It's been out for, yeah, it's it's not good, apparently. You know who wrote <laughs> it, Max? No. Joe Carnahan. <laughs> Poor Joe Carnahan. What were you thinking, buddy? <laughs> that they needed to reboot uh, Death Wish. I guess so, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's just like he's on the cusp of enough movies. Yeah, we could. But anyway, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about... Uh, we're here to talk about, yeah. Uh, Womack. Womack threatening to burn the postmaster to death, yep. which is a little intense. After insinuating that he is going to be anally violated. Yeah, jail raped. <laughs> like, oh my bad. god. It is very, very bad. Yeah, that really toes the line of what you can get away with on TV that whole entire moment. Yeah. But again, we just get, like, I think if they're. I just like the way he says it, and it's just like he's so smug about it. Like mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Like it's just he's doing a lot. Like he's got good business as an actor. It's just it feels like the character's just slightly either over or underwritten. Yeah, <clears throat> I think it's my big my big hang up with Womack. 
Yeah. Like he's definitely definitely better than like a stitch, but he's no he's no Nishka. Yeah, but the thing is I don't think anyone is going to be better than Nishka. Like Nishka was the uh well actually the dude from uh Heart of Gold is a pretty good villain as well. Yosef Bridge is good. Yeah, she's a I see I, I I don't really so much view her as like a villain as just like a general antagonist. <laughs> to me, she's a villain. I mean, she's to me the she's definitely a villain. I mean, by trash, she's a villain. Yeah. Like she's pretty much any, like maybe if she was misguided after the first one or something. Even though at the end, the end scene of uh, our Mrs. Reynolds, you can't say that she's like misguided. She knows exactly yeah. what the hell she's doing. She's yeah, she's doing this with great intent. Yeah. So I think I think she's I think she's probably the best villain in the in the series for my money at this I think. I mean, we'll get to the best villain in the series because he's in the last episode. Yes. But and I will straight up fight a bitch over that one. <laughs> I I don't but. think you're gonna get any fight, at least out of me. Uh though again, Nishka and the cat whose name I can't remember from uh Heart of Gold are very good villains. Yeah. You won't get a fight except for maybe defining him as a villain, but we're not there yet. <laughs> am i a villain um and then also we have the villain in the movie who is also a very good villain oh yeah shit yeah yeah also really good yes a very very well written and well performed villain and the, um, and the blue sun dudes are both cool oh yeah the the yeah good scary villains so yeah this show's got plenty of good villains all right cool i don't feel as bad now. <laughs> all right good i don't have to worry about this. i can just think about like uh, Janestown and safe, right. yeah, and like all these episodes. Like, damn it, there, this show is rife with shite villains. It, Bushwhack, it's just the crazy dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, good. I don't feel as bad. Now. <laughs> yeah, yeah right. it actually does feel a little bit better. Um, Shindig, bad villain. <sighs> <laughs> bad villain. So anyway. <laughs> uh Mal and Zoe are telling Inara about how Tracy once stolen officer's mustache. That's a great story. That is a fantastically told story because they are telling it like two people who actually lived it. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree with that. Like they deliver the story in a really really fun and like you had to be there but this is still funny kind of way. Yeah. It's really good. And then they get shot, which I think is the only time in the entire series they actually get shot at in the yeah. ship. And uh, while Max says, uh, you got to let me on board. And they get all worried that he's after the Lassiter until he says, that crate. And Mal becomes Mal and decides to vamp for time so that they can figure out what's in the crate. Yeah, it's it's. I re- do you think that they underplay the concern for the Lassiter? I think they. I think that from a writing standpoint, they didn't want the fan base to be too concerned about it because it's not the main plot point of the episode. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's the case. It just feels like that. If I were, and I mean, if somebody has an opinion, please jump in. But I think if I hadn't. Like, if I hadn't watched the episode, I'd immediately know what he was after, right? Well, mm-hmm. I mean, we already saw the scene where he, he goes after the guy. That's why I'm like, you can kind of ham up them thinking it's the Lassiter mm-hmm. and just put a little bit more tension into that moment because it's like, let them think the wrong thing. And it's just, you know what I mean? That makes it, for the viewer, you're like, oh, no, 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 that's not what he wants. Like, you guys are fucking up. Yeah. 
and it's and it gives you a few character it gives you a few beats to kind of be like yeah they're not just to con concern yourself a little bit more i think for their what they're but worried they always do that and you're just like ah oh, they're just doing the wrong thing again it's true. This I know time you want... just totally ignore it right away. It's like good, get it out of the way. <laughs> I know, I know that Paul and the like. Your other favorite thing in a in TV is when there's like the tragic moment where it's like the character looks at exactly the wrong time and they think the wrong thing. A la Stranger Things too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I still haven't watched that Stranger Things too. Yeah, the hell's Shit. wrong with me? I got I got bad news in the email today that I got another free trial of Netflix. <laughs> so i'll see y'all in 2019 <laughs> you'll see me tomorrow i said what i said fair enough I, I appreciate that also nobody called me out on it being more than a month till 2019 oh no i believe that wholeheartedly <laughs> i believe you can get lost in that real easily what are you doing the extra 10 days <laughs> <laughs> you, you are the same man who can get lost in the sauce i don't know <laughs> i think i'm blind <laughs> That's what happens when you don't blink for a month, Max. Oh my god. Are you still just watching? Like, yes, I'm still watching! They're just like prunes in my head. My eyes are just... <laughs> you look like a uh, like a Bob Camp cartoon. Oh yeah, for real. <laughs> just horrible eyes. Oh my yep. god. <laughs> that visual is awful and perfect. Dude, if, yep. it, like, think about the way Bob Camp draws eyes. Like, that... Oh, I knew exactly what you meant when you said We all it. know the disgusting it. Bob Camp close-up. They're great. Oh, they're great and horrible. Stampy, you idiot. Classic. Oh. <laughs> you forgot to blink. The uh the the rubber nipples episode of Ren and Stimpy when they do the close up on the knees is one of the grossest things. Uh, anytime like the no a nose, the inside of a nose, like mm. woah. Woah. That's so gross. There's so many close-ups that are just gross. Like he could cut, he could cut to a close-up of anything and make it absolutely disgusting. Yeah, it's, it's a talent. Yeah. So, so anyway, back to Firefly. <laughs> Tangents, another thing we can't get away from on this show. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just a superliminal podcast thing. That's true. Uh, except for did you see? We we're pretty good about staying on point there. All of our podcasts that are more than two people are only 15 minutes long. You just have to listen to 45 minutes of it to get it off. <laughs> That's right. 15 minutes of podcast, 30 minutes of bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so then when the crate doesn't have anything in it, uh, they decide to have Simon autopsy the dead body, except he's not actually dead. As soon as Simon cuts into him, he jumps up off the table in a trope that has been used so many times by television. Mm -hmm. I can sure. think of two distinct episodes of NCIS where that happened. <laughs> and that's just literally off the top of my head. I think, I think there was at least one episode of the X-Files. No, there was one episode of the X-Files where that happened. I remember it now. Where Scully, Scully's doing an autopsy and she cuts in and the person starts bleeding. There's <clears throat> probably ones where... They are dead, but alive? Undead? Because <laughs> it's the X-Files. Yeah. I also didn't watch the the second reboot season of that, but the first one was only so good. So, Though it did carry probably my favorite scene in any episode of the X-Files, which was Mulder tripping on acid. Mm -hmm. And hearing, seeing the lone gunman and hearing Tom Waits. 
Yep. Um. So anyway, Tracy uh starts like very confusedly struggling with everybody, but then finally calms down and confesses that he's smuggling implanted organs. We try very hard to cut around man butt. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he points out that he was supposed to deliver the organs on Ariel, but decided to take a higher bid somewhere else. And the higher bidder was killed by the original buyers. So now they're, now they're after their merchandise. How this isn't a thing that happens more now that we have some, some amount of synthetic organ stuff in the world is surprising to me. Agreed. Like that this doesn't actually happen. Uh, so they flee for the Alliance ship, or from the Alliance ship for a little bit. Kind of. And uh, Book, once again, proving himself to be more capable and with it than he has any right to be as a shepherd who spent several years in an abbey. And Wash proving that he no longer does his thing of becoming, like, hyper Zen master when he's under uh, pressure when he's flying. Yeah. Um, so Book says, just let, let them on board. It'll be fine. Uh, until Tracy decides to pull a gun on everybody. And well, we also passed over the best part of the episode. Yeah, you did a little bit of skipping. When he first comes on the oh, bridge. Oh, right, yep. Yep. And Wash reacts to that. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot. Now you're dead army buddies on the bridge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's not dead. Oh! Oh! <laughs> yeah. Okay. Once again, wonderful Wash, right? Like, once again, our eyes to the scene are Wash. Because, like, to everybody else, you know, who was there in the infirmary, oh yeah, Tracy's alive. But to Wash, you're dead army buddies on the bridge. Yeah, it's pretty good. Alan Tudyk, man. The more we talk about this show, the more I realize he is like the unsung hero of this series. I think. I mean, he definitely. He's as you keep pointing out, like it's pretty much bounces between like him and Simon and Kaylee are usually our eyes into the universe. Like we're the ones who know about as much as they do at any point. Yeah, and Simon so. makes sense because he's just come into the crew now. Yeah. But and Washington like, tells just generally kind of grew up like what would be our equivalent of like a middle class kind of dude. Yeah, he's he's just your average Joe. Yeah, he's Steve the pirate from Average yeah, Joe's. He, he is literally. <laughs> we have a guy on our team named Steve the pirate. And yeah, and I, those guys both make sense. And Kaylee is so naive and innocent that that also helps us kind of any of those are good analogs for the viewer yeah yeah um and yeah i just wish that he was doing the calm flying beforehand so he had that huge juxtaposition when he did that yep because that's such a good reaction that i think it would have been punctuated even more if he was in his like everything's great don't worry i'm flying we're all fine yeah, but I think one of the things... So one of the things that's come up while we've been doing this uh, show is in reading, I've discovered that, like, uh, two years elapse over the course of this series, and shit's been getting weirder and weirder and weirder for them. Yeah, So, true. like, maybe that's character 
regression, what's progression shown as regression for Wash? It is entirely possible. Because, like, you know, they, they had a wild life when everything started because they were smugglers. But then they took Simon and River on board, and it's a whole different story. Yep. Like, that, that was the revelation to me, was the fact that two years almost pass over the course of the series. I think it's uh, I think it's in the commentary for Serenity, the episode, where Tim and Ear and Joss are talking about this part in this episode. Uh-huh. Because of the Wash not being, like, Zen Master General. Yeah. And then Joss, is, Joss apparently went to Tim and Ear and was like, so the whole thing where he gets hyper-calm when he flies, we're just throwing that out the window here. And apparently Tim Benier was like, but yeah, it's it's a joke. Like, it's the joke. And then Joss like, oh, okay, as long as it's for the joke. <laughs> <laughs> it works for the joke. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, so then, so Tracy's got a gun on everybody now that he's there. And Mal says, Wash, call the feds. And Tracy fires at Wash. And Zoe, ever the soldier... Someone has threatened her husband and her, you know, family, and she shoots him. So for the second time in this episode, Tracy's probably dead. You shot me. Yeah. <laughs> you shot me. Shug shot me. Uh, wow. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Yep, you should be. Yeah, I guess I should be. So, Lieutenant Womack boards with his, like, Starship Troopers extras uh, and tries to go all Alliance high. I'm a lieutenant in the Alliance whatever. And it's just like, nah. Because then we get Book, once again, in a, in a very, like, badass, but also just, like, Shepard Book moment. No, you're not. Righteousness. Yeah. Uh, because you're... Uh, you know, because you're black market organ dealing, you're not going to report anything to anybody. And... Yep. Book just... I mean, Ron Glass did a wonderful job in this entire series, but this sequence is fantastic. It is. Because he just, he lays it all out there in just a wonderful, wonderful way and uh, <clears throat> decides to, yeah, damaged goods, basically. Yeah. Well, now, there's a line that uh, that Tracy says where it's just like, they're going to rip out this million dollar meat and leave me bleeding, which is just such a visceral line. It is. It sounds like something that uh, Chuck Palahniuk would write. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Like, it's just the way he says it, and, like, the line, the way the line's written, it's just like, ugh. Like, it just leaves such a, like, a, just a, like, a disgusting visual. That, that that was always a line I gravitated towards being, like, a really nicely written piece. Rip out this million dollar meat. Leave me bleed. It's pretty rough. It's pretty rough. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's, it's nice how much he underplays even his position in it. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, it's just, like, it kind of does a nice job of kind of just checkmarking the, the entire situation and how fucked up it is. Which I think is, uh, it's, it just plays really well in that one moment especially. Mm -hmm. It's just like, oh, yeah, no, this whole thing is really, really messed up. 
It is. <laughs> but it, which goes to underpin just like that everything is messed up for these people. Like yeah. they don't they don't have something that isn't messed up. Their entire lives are kind of fucked. Yeah, this is just Thursday. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, uh, Tracy comes around on the fact that that was Book's plan all along. <laughs> it's a good plan. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, then he asks Mal and Zoe to actually take him home. And then we get to hear the end of the, the line. When you can't yep. crawl anymore, you find someone to carry you. That's right. And then we get the sequence that the first time I saw it was gut-wrenching. And then I learned the significance of the sequence to the cast and crew, and it made yeah. it even worse. Yep. By the time they filmed this episode, the show had already been canceled, and the cast and crew knew that it was over. The sequence of returning Tracy's coffin and body to his family was the last thing they ever shot for the show. Yeah. So everybody gets to bury the More. show. Yeah, you're mourning the show. Yeah, they all get to be pallbearers for the show, you know, while while they're dropping off the dead war buddy. That's like amazingly wonderful. And it, it's I mean, it's the first time I saw it, I was pretty staggered at how cinematic that moment was. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, like this guy kind of deserves this send off. And then when I learned later on what the significance was, it was like, I see. The <laughs> show deserved this send off. Yeah, absolutely. It's good. Uh, one of the things I did gloss over that now that I'm looking at a trivia piece that I forgot about was that. Um, once again, we have uh, we have Kaylee getting held at gunpoint. You know, Kaylee being in distress. Yep. And uh, Joss admitting that that's the same formula he used to use with Willow in early episodes of Buffy. Put the innocent, cute female character in distress so that people want to pay attention when you save them. Yep. Which is disappointing that that's the where he ended up i mean sometimes you just need to you need it quick right like he's a tv writer yeah you need to grab the audience's attention you need to do it quickly i'm not saying that justifies it by any stretch but again it's... i'd love to see what a series like this could be in today's world of netflix and streaming services yeah for all the people that want like continuation of firefly or at least a sequel to serenity or whatever else I would be interested to see what a reboot series would look like. For, so here's, for that reason. you want me to pitch you real quick? Sure. So it's old Malcolm Reynolds, right? Like pretty old, like not like super old, but we're probably like maybe like a little bit longer than it's been. Okay. So he's kind of old. He's going gray. He's just like pissed off, grizzled, like kind of, you know, five o'clock shadow stubble. Nothing's really great. And I mean, like, this could be the pitch. For, like, this is the trailer for the season series, right? Okay. So he's just pissed off. He's flying the ship. He kind of sets up this autopilot. There's really dramatic, terrible, like, kind of, like, tragic music behind him. You get the strings and all that kind of stuff. And it swells as he kind of, like, maybe pats the, the console a little bit. Maybe you see, like, the dinosaur sitting there off to the side. So you kind of know where you are. You know what the deal is. And, you know what I mean? Like, then you get... 
some kind of a communique from somebody and he's like, you know, he's pissed off and he's just like, nobody's going to take my crew. And then you like find out slowly over the course of him either like running through the ship or just cutting around or something that everyone is dead except for him and he's lost his goddamn mind. And he's just out in space flying around like a crazy person with a dead crew. Holy shit, that's dark. Would you watch that show? I'd watch that show. Probably. How long have you been thinking about that? I don't know. It's fucked up though, right? It is kind of Skrelnik. Maybe, I mean, how else can you do it? <laughs> which, is <laughs> why, which is why I think I want it as a reboot instead of a sequel. Yeah, that's what, like, if I, if I had to do it, somebody's just like, how would you do Firefly? That's the way I'd pitch it. That'd be my elevator pitch. That's wild. I don't think any, like, I don't think any network would carry that, but. No, but it'd be interesting to see where it would go from there. Yeah. Like, where do you go from, like, this dude has to separate himself. Like, clearly whoever's getting him needs him for yeah. some reason, right? Like, I'm coming after the guy who released the signal. Yeah. Like, I need this dude. This particular and, guy. Yeah, and he's just lost. Like, he can't get over the fact that, like, he's lost members of the crew and they just keep dying. And he's just like, kind of like, that'd be a, that'd be a character I'd be interested in seeing. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, also, so. also worth noting here that the musical piece that is played over the, uh, the end sequence was written both as, uh, in honor of the character, but also in honor of the show itself. Which is yeah, it's, that whole piece is it's I mean it's big it's a huge comparative to a lot of the other moments of the show this is huge the mm -hmm. slow motion it's cinematic it's a lot of fades it's really really artistic compared to the very baseline yeah you know, there's a lot of good filmmaking in this show a lot of the time because of the way the ship was laid out mm -hmm. but this moment is very very cinematic especially for an off the ship moment yeah which as we've discussed several times in this podcast are usually very poorly shot because they're on a soundstage. Yeah, this one felt very much... I mean, it was that was it, right? Like, this is the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it is It's very important. It's a very big moment. It holds a lot of weight, especially just in the show, in the story, and in particular as a fan. Mm -hmm. Or, of course, for them who are working on it. Yeah. For those who like paychecks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but oh. it's definitely one of the one of the downest, I think, endings. Like it's 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 kind of bittersweet, like you know, very tragic, but still has like kind of a a beauty to it because of the characters. Like you know, they still all through all that and him acting like an ass and endangering everybody, they still saw the mission through because that's how they that's who they are. So it's a nice, it's a nice heavy piece. I mean, I think it's definitely, it definitely punches in the weight class for some of the best episodes that the series put out. Oh, easily. Easily. Which is, to me, one of the things that makes it really, 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 like, solid ending. And it's a little upsetting that it didn't end up being the last episode. Yeah. Like, yet again. I don't think we got these episodes in the right order. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's going to bring us to the end of this episode, unless anybody has anything else they would like to add. 
If you like what you're hearing, you can find us at www.superliminalfilms.com. We are also available on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram. Bye, everybody. <laughs>